Oh, yeah, hello, Gwen McRae on a Sunday night here in New York City. Ty Butler back on these airwaves. We're going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Hit me up on Instagram as well, Ty D. Butler. And let's get it popping on these phone lines, 800-919-3776. Talking to you for the next three hours. No guests, just you and I. We've got Joe and Jacob on the other side of the glass. We'll hear from them at some point during the program. I promise you, I will keep you updated on Yankees-Red Sox taking place right now in the Bronx. Just got an unfortunate uh, report on my timeline. Brian Hoke of MLB.com just retweeted uh, that as of 9 o'clock, showers and storms are entering the New York City metro area, and it's going to reach Yankee Stadium momentarily. Periods of rain, wind, and lightning are expected as these move through. So hopefully there is no delay happening tonight at the stadium as the Yankees look to sweep the Red Sox and make it seven straight wins uh, uh, in a row. Uh, this week, and they're up one nothing now as they head to the bottom of the sixth inning. Aaron Judge still on the chase for 61 and 62. Did not happen yet. We were in the control room right before I got on the air watching his previous at-bat in the bottom of the fifth inning, sent it to left field, but uh, to no avail. So Aaron Judge, we will continue to monitor to him. We'll talk baseball once this wraps up, catch the Yankee fans leaving the stadium, hopefully in a great mood, not just because Judge made history, but because the Yankees swept the Red Sox and would have seen that magic number to clinch the AL East division, go from three to two games as they travel to Toronto following this one to take on the Jays for three. We'll talk about the Mets as well. Big Brave series coming up next weekend, but I do want to start football before we get to the baseball, so we'll put that on hold for a moment, just because uh, today was a <laughs> little, little kick in the fanny for us Jet fans. Look, if you thought that the New York Jets were going to go out there and do what they did to Cincinnati last year, do it again today, and improve upon that little one-game winning streak, then congratulations, you played yourself. And that's an award that not just you, you're going to get, but I'm going to give it to myself as well. I did think the Jets were going to go out there and win this game today. The Bengals had not been playing well. They were 0-2 to start the season. The offensive line was in shambles. They got tore up by Cooper Rush and the Cowboys last week. So I thought the Jets could take advantage of a team that is clearly struggling from a Super Bowl hangover with deficiencies on offense and coming to MetLife Stadium, more of the same from last year. Joe Flacco mm-hmm. threw for four touchdowns last week. I thought we were going to get another victory today, but that did not come to be. The Jets, same old Jets, fall to one and two. They have not been over 500 since 2018. How about that? It's been four years since this team has been over 500. Thought we could get that today, but it, it is same old Jets. I think the only good thing that came from uh, what unfolded at MetLife Stadium today was that we did see the quelling of the ridiculous fake quarterback controversy that folks found themselves trying to create uh, with, uh, you know, if Joe Flacco continues to play well, even if Zach Wilson is healthy, should he be starting? Guys, cut it out. When Zach's healthy, he's going to be starting, and hopefully that will be next week in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. It, it, it was a fake quarterback controversy. I never bought into it. It was just fodder. People got drunk on what Flacco did last week when he threw for the four touchdowns, two in a, a span of 60 seconds to help the Jets erase a 13-point deficit uh, in Cleveland to get that victory, snatching a, a win from the jaws of defeat. And it was a heroic performance. He was great. I'll give him that. 
four picks, no interceptions. But then today we saw Joe Flacco as who we know him to be, and that is an aging, washed quarterback who can't move, can't get out of the pocket, and he's on his way to, to retirement at some point. Joe Flacco did win a Super Bowl, but it was 10 years ago. It was a decade ago. Let's stop pretending he's going to you know come by and, and be some sensation that like a la Ryan Fitzpatrick of 2015 where we're going to catch lightning in a bottle. No, he's cooked, he's washed, and when Zach Wilson is able to return to be the quarterback for the Jets, he will be there. There, there will be no controversy. So I'm glad we uh, put an end to that one today. But watching this game was so frustrating just because like from the opening drive, when Ian Eagle and you know Charles Davis are are previewing the game right before the kickoff, they they mentioned how they had spoken to Zach Taylor, the 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 head coach of the Bengals, prior to, and he said that you know he might if they win the toss instead of deferring until the second half, receive just because they need to get that that offense upstart. They need to get that offense clicking and in motion. And I felt like this could be an, an excellent opportunity for the Jets because the defense, you know, had shown some signs, shown some signs against the Ravens, got really cooked up by the Browns last week. But I thought if the defense could go out there and force the Bengals uh, to a no score in that opening drive, you could really set the tone and, and give the Jets uh, an opportunity to take the lead and give that MetLife crowd something to be excited about where you could hear the noise in the building and it could create some momentum. I, I found this out today on the broadcast. That's now 22 straight games for the Jets where they've had a deficit uh, at, some, at some point during the game. 22 straight games where they've been trailing at any point during the game, which is hard to believe. Well, not really if you're a Jet fan and you've seen the product they put out on the field. But I thought, get out there early, get a stop on defense, offense march down, and, you know, make some type of noise. You go up 7 nothing, and then we've got a real shot at a ball game. But that was not the case. Bengals marched down. Quick touchdown as, you know, Joe Barrow converted on three straight third and longs. And ultimately, they found the end zone. They were up 7 nothing in the blink of an eye. Then the Jets had an opportunity, a real shot. Uh, it was 3-9 at the Cincinnati 26. About a minute left in the first quarter, the Jets had... Scored on two previous possessions, field goals, which sandwiched a fumble for the Bengals. So it looked like things were moving in the right direction for Gang Green. You get a nice third and nine opportunity. Looks like they're getting off the field, and then, bam, John Franklin Myers gets hit with a brutal penalty, and it extended the drive. Bob Wachusen always says this. Those those third-down penalties where your defense is getting off the field is essentially a turnover. You had them right where you wanted them. You got your offense back on the field, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes, this, in Jets fashion, a penalty that keeps the drive going, and then the Bengals go and score a touchdown. So just like that, it goes from the Jets getting back on the field with their offense at 7-6, driving with a chance to take the lead, to now you're down 14-6, to and all hell just kind of broke loose. It, it is pouring at Yankee Stadium right now. So, I mean, I'm not any kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> a weatherman, but I would imagine that we're going to see some type of a rain delay here in the Bronx, which is not good because, you know, some of the crowd are going to leave. It's Sunday night, so the fear is that you're going to have the attendance kind of you know, disseminate, but 
Um, hopefully, it's it's if there is a rain delay, it's not going to be too long because we do want to see Judge make history. But anyway, back to the back to the Jets. It, it, it was more of the same undisciplined. Uh, it's a team that fails to score when they get into the red zone because you just don't have that dynamic of an offense led by a quarterback who's really capable. And look, Garrett Wilson, it was a scary moment because he got hit pretty hard uh, and eventually went to the bench, but he came back into the game in the second half, so it was good to see him back out there. He looks like a stud. And I know Mike Greenberg had some fun last week saying he's already the, the best Jet receiver they've ever had, but this guy looks like he's on his way to becoming a real star uh, out of Ohio State, so you got to give Joe Douglas some credit for that. And then Sauce Gardner on the opposite side of the field, that corner going up against Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers in football, you know, held his own today. And I was excited about that. So there are a couple of pieces to be excited about when you look at the Jets overall, but it's just more of the same, man. How long are we going to keep talking about potential before it actually translates into wins, into victories, where we're not having the same conversation every Sunday evening, every Monday afternoon about, well, wait until this team gets his quarterback back. Wait until they finally get that guy on the center who they trust because they have the pieces, they have the foundation. Eventually, it's going to have to turn into some wins because you're now 1-2 and two on the season. It can get ugly quick. Now, yeah, folks out there predicting they're going to start 0-9. The Jets miraculously got that win last week, so no, it's not going to be 0-9. But you've got a very winnable game next week against the, the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Hopefully, Zach Wilson is back out there and you can get a... 14-game sample size of what he is in year two uh, as the Jet quarterback. So taking your phone calls on the Jets. We'll get to the Giants as well. Big game tomorrow night against the Cowboys at MetLife Stadium. Monday night football, Giants-Cowboys should be fun. But we're taking your calls on the Jets right now, 800-919-3776. Be honest, were you one of those guys who thought Zach Wilson could possibly be a healthy scratch because the the legend of Joe Flacco was going to hit, you know, phase two post-Baltimore. Ira in Staten Island, I'm talking to you. Everyone blowing up my timeline today talking about Ira. He should be banned from this. Of course he should be banned, but Ira was a big proponent of, of Joe Flacco. I never bought into it. Zach Wilson, come on back, buddy. We'll take you as soon as you are healthy. Your call is coming up next, 800-919-3776. We're going until midnight tonight right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Get them crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping their gums and bumping my tape. Don't go this against New York City. Sounds like on a Sunday night. Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Ty D. Butler, that's Twitter. That's also Instagram. Ty D. Butler, 800-919-3776 is the phone number. Unfortunately, in the Bronx, uh, there is some tarp coming onto the field at Yankee Stadium. So the Red Sox and Yankees are delayed. Doing a little digging of my own. I do wonder how long they're going to sit through a delay because you've got the Yankees set to fly to Toronto uh, to begin a three-game series Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday following this one. And the Red Sox return home to play the Orioles. So, I mean, I I just wonder how baseball is going to um, put a verdict on this one as far as how long they allow this to sit into a delay. It's technically an official game. They've played six so far. Yankees up 2 two nothing. Rob Reschneider just butchered a ball in right field, allowing the Yankees to score their second run of the game. 
Uh, if you're at the stadium right now, you're looking for history, and you were at the very least going to see Judge get one more plate appearance. So this is a little anticlimactic with the rain coming in, and and you know literally on raining on the parade. So I'll keep you posted on. Sunday night baseball, Yankees up two nothing. Sunday night football, you've got the Niners in Denver leading seven to three. Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense continues to struggle. But let's go to the phone lines eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Batting leadoff is Rudy, and he's in New Jersey. What's up, Rudy? Rainy New Jersey, my man. Coming through all that stuff, going to Yankee Stadium. Ah oh, man. He's driving to your listeners, man. That's all right. It's all right. Let's get to the Jets because. Every Jet fan knew that Joe Flacco wasn't going to get to the promised land at the start of the third quarter. Would you agree? Uh, it's just we weren't going to catch him. So here's okay? the thing. I, I will say – I'll let you finish, Rudy. But to answer your question, I did feel okay. It was 20-9 to 9 headed into halftime. And I felt fine because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the, the Bengals deferred. So the Jets were going to get the opening half. Uh, to start the second half, they were going to get the ball, and I felt like, look, even if you get a field goal, you're still right there. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know. Did, but he did go three and out again, didn't he? Well, I no, he didn't go three and out. He fumbled. Go- he fumbled. He <laughs> fumbled. Sorry, sorry. Well, yes. Okay. But why not give the people what they wanted? Everyone knew. Remember, the best game of the year last year was when Mike White threw 400 up yep. against the Cincinnati team. Correct. Why not do some marketing, get some fresh legs? Well, listen, I would agree. I would agree with you, and Rudy, I appreciate the call. Drive safely out there in the rain, my friend. I, 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 I was so confused as to why, when it was announced that Wilson was going to be out for at least three weeks. They, they went to Joe Flacco. And I understand he's the veteran. He's the one with cachet. But I just thought Mike White gave you a better chance to win. And, look, I'm not there. I'm I'm not <laughs> someone who's been blessed with the, I guess, offensive and defensive wizardry and intellect uh, that Sal and the coaching staff all have. They're a lot smarter than me from a football perspective. But just as a fan watching this team and watching both quarterbacks, I thought Mike White just gave you a better option. Flacco was just a statue back there. He's washed. And not that White is going to be, you know, Lamar Jackson and and Patrick Mahomes as far as being able to utilize his legs. But it does feel like he's a little, a, a tad bit more mobile. And you mentioned that game he had against the Bengals, I guess the... The retort would be the next week against the Buffalo Bills. He was awful. So, like, I'm with you. I always thought Mike White should have been starting. But Flacco, after what he did last week, I I think the coaching staff would argue at least deserved to see the entirety of this game game through, you know, unless he got hurt or it was some flaw situation where you were forced to bring in a backup. Let's go to Jay in Newark. What's up, Jay? What's going on? Yo, talk to me. Everybody, let's be honest, Jack Wilson is Mr. Right for the Jets, and Joe Flacco is Mr. Right now. You can't expect that man at all who's getting the lead to come in there and be an effective uh, uh, long-term solution. You need him to hold it over and maintain this that came back. Anybody that throws himself more than that, they should be, be watching football. Yeah, I think people got seduced by what we saw last week when he threw – for 307 yards, four touchdowns, 
and then led them to a victory despite trailing 13 in the final two minutes of the game. So I think uh, some got drunk on that, but I'm with you. There, there was no way he was going to channel his inner 2012. That was a decade ago. Flacco, exactly. he's washed. He's not. He doesn't have Ray Lewis and uh, that diva with either. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's not 10 years younger. I appreciate the call, Jay. It was never going to happen. But, again, there were some people who just were, were looking for the, the veteran to come in and, and, and be the guy that he used to be. But <laughs> if we're being honest, it was never going to happen. And also, if we're being honest about the Jets, they should very well be 0-3 right now because – that miraculous win. They have a .04 chance to win that game against the Browns once they were down 13 with a minute and 50 and change left in that game. They should very well be 0-3. And we, we would once again be talking about a lost, a lost season. But because they came and pulled that victory out of their you-know-what, their 1-2 and two with the chance to go to 2-2 two and two next week because anytime you're going up against Mitch Trubisky, uh, you've got a fighting chance to win that game. I don't care who the uh, opposing quarterback is. Mike and West Long Branch wants to chop it up. What up, Mike? Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, I think it's pretty easy to look at Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, but I don't care who is playing quarterback today. They could not block that defensive yeah. line. I mean, I don't know how many times we got down there and we took a sack, a fumble. I mean, you're you're just not going to win that way. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, I mean, the, the line struggled today, and I, I, I'm with you because they couldn't block. It, it, it just felt like the defensive line for the Bengals were just in the backfield of, of with the Jets all game long. But uh, at least a quarterback who's a little bit more mobile. I would love to believe that if Zach Rosen were back there, the fact that he has the— mobile. They were coming off his blind side. And no, I get it. Dropped and was getting hit. It's I, not mobile. No, I get I mean, it. But I would, I would say, what my, I would say is that because there's no threat of him being someone who can get out of the pocket and escape. Yes, you're right about the the offensive line was was terrible today. But I would imagine that if there was a threat of of a, a quarterback being able to escape, then we we could have seen something different. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, but I, I think a bigger thing is maybe stop abandoning the run. I mean, look how many attempts we had at, at, at passing the ball when we can't block. Well, they couldn't. I mean, they were the they first, weren't getting the anything first. on the ground. That was the problem. Yeah. They were getting into second yeah. and long, third and long situations. But you need to run the attempt to run the ball so they don't just, like you said, you don't have a mobile quarterback. They're just going to blitz you or come right at you with no threat. Of, of, of getting out of the pocket, they know where the quarterback's going to be. I, I feel and, you. And the and the other thing, one quick thing, defensively, I don't know if Saul, what Saul is doing, but they keep having these miscues in the yeah. secondary. Guys are wide open for touchdowns. I mean, this is week three. I mean, they got to clean this up. It's it's disheartening watching. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great. Great phone call. Uh, listen, uh, the the miscues. Uh, I saw someone on defense talking about it earlier. That this this miscommunication. It, it's something that can't happen because uh, like how is Jamar Chase wide open in the end zone? How was Amari Cooper wide open in the, in the end zone last week? We're talking about the opposing team's best threats just wide open, where you have 
guys just completely blowing assignments. There's miscommunication. There's bad coaching. There's a combination of things. So that just can't happen, especially for uh, a head coach who prides himself on the defensive end of the field, where you're coming off a season where you were dead last uh, in that category. The worst defensive team in football last year was Robert Sala's New York Jets. And now we've got miscues. Now, you know, this year played pretty well in the first half against the Ravens. They were an abomination against the Browns last week. And in the second half today against the Bengals, they held Cincinnati to just seven points after, you know, giving up 20 in the first half. But as you mentioned, too many miscues. I mean, the undisciplined play by John Franklin Myers with the, you know, unnecessary roughness that extended a drive that should have been over and given the Jets a chance down 7-6 to take the lead. It, it just, it's just not a sign of good coaching altogether. And they've got the pieces. It's just it's not coming together. But back to your point quickly about the rushing attack. Listen, it's hard to – when your offense is not generating any big plays, I get that you'll, you want to feel like don't abandon the run, don't abandon the run, you got to establish the run. But when Cincinnati is putting up 14 points in the first quarter and you're already trailing, it's hard to stay committed to the run when you're not moving the ball. And, and Joe Flacco's lack of mobility is preventing you from really using him as a, as a dual threat. You'd love to have Zach back there give you just some threat of running because I would think that that would change the look for the defense. And the offensive line has to play better. Look, maybe Patrick Mahomes could have been back there today and they they would have struggled just because the, the line was so bad. But it doesn't help when your quarterback's immobile. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Nile in Newark. Nile, am I pronouncing that correctly? Nile? Nile. What's Nile up, Nile? Newark, yes. What up, Nile? Talk What's to me. What's going on? I mean, for God's sake, something I have to give. I'm praying for this football team. Praying? Like, I love it. At this point, <laughs> this point, something I have to give. Like, I've been a fan for too many years, and something has to change. And I'm just thinking the back of when we took Sam, Sam Darnold over uh, Josh Allen. That was a huge mistake. Yeah, you think so? Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Then it's like um, today that un- unnecessary roughness call really killed us. That that was a turning point in the game for me. And uh, I just feel like we're like the new Browns at this point. Like nothing, nothing we do is we, it's hard to have a winning season with us. Listen, I'm I f- just playing for this team. You know, we hopefully we get it together someday. Listen, I understand your frustration. I feel it as a Jet fan. I do applaud you for, you know, being so invested emotionally that you're praying for the team, which is something that I find myself doing as well. I love that we have synergy in that aspect. But it it just feels like everything that can go wrong will go wrong, right? Like last week, it was so odd. Like the Jets don't win those types of games. The game that they won last week doesn't happen for the Jets. Those are the types of games that happen for good organizations. Like you could see a win like that happening for the Packers or you could see it happening for the Chiefs or you could see it happening for or the Rams. Like good teams put themselves in in position where they can capitalize on good fortune and turn it into a win where all signs pointed to them losing the game. The Jets are normally on the losing side of those types of games that we saw last week. So for them to win, 
I mean, it, it caused, like, elation. I'm out here tweeting, listen, you can't for the next week tell me the Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl. I, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but that's how exciting I was, excited I was, because it at least felt in the moment like the biggest win since, what, 2015? Like, the Jets hadn't had a win like that in seven years. So for the fan base, it, we had every right to be excited. Now, the way it came about, you don't love it because it did take another team completely gagging. But look, you've got 18 weeks, 17 games. You take the wins when they when they come. However they come, you'll just take them. And for the Jets to, to escape Cleveland with that type of a, vic- of a victory, it was astonishing. And then you're like, wait, what? That happened for us? Let's go. We're one and one. Let's move forward, play a, a struggling Cincinnati team. And then for them to go out there and lay an egg the way that they did today defensively in the first half and then offensively throughout, like I understand being, you know, so down on them, you've got to pray. Sometimes you just got to pray. More of your phone calls coming up on the Jets. We'll get to the Giants as well. Yankees in a rain delay through six innings up 2 nothing on the Red Sox. The Aaron Judge home run watch still underway. Hopefully they can get this game, the rest of this game in tonight so we can see him get at least one opportunity to tie Roger Maris. Your phone call is coming up. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. Back in a moment right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. A little pop smoke on a Sunday night. So, Jacob, it was announced today Rihanna's going to be headlining the halftime show of the Super Bowl in Arizona this coming February. So, I think we got to play some Rihanna tunes tonight. You got to go into that Rihanna bag. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That second hour is going to be all Rihanna. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yo, that's a big halftime show. So last year, you have Kendrick, M, Dre, and Snoop performing. uh, And now you're going to get Rihanna. So back-to-back years, big for the hip-hop scene. That's pretty cool. Having Rihanna up there. I'm here for it. Even the NFL changed their name from uh, National Football League to National (laughs) National Fenty League. So, you know, it's a big thing. (laughs) Does Rihanna bring out Drake at the halftime show? I don't think Drake would go for that. But that would be cool that they perform some some of that Take Care album at at the halftime show. But Drake doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's being brought out by someone else. No, I don't think he would. It's kind of hard to think about who Rihanna would bring out. I like, I'm kind of, like, rattling off names in my head. It's either they're too big for that or they're just, you know, Rihanna is just the big of a star now that she could just knock it out by herself. And she bringing it. out her baby daddy. She better be bringing him out, perform a couple of tunes. I mean, this is one of those, you, she got to just tell, you know, Rocky, just stay on the sidelines. <laughs> I, I got it tonight. <laughs> I got this today. By the way, Joel Sherman just tweeted out, uh, for those who care about such things, Major League Baseball is in control of this game. One of its network partners, ESPN, televising the game. Aaron Judge is due to lead off the bottom of the seventh inning. We might be here for a while. ESPN wants to get this game. And you've got Judge with at least one more at bat with a chance to tie Roger Maris for the American League record, uh, most home runs in American League history at 61. You know they want to get this game in, but you know from the other side of things, the Yankees got to travel north of the border, play a three-game series in Toronto. So I... Uh, it's a tough one. Uh, Tom Palacero also tweeted out, 
Uh, Mac Jones believed to have suffered a high ankle sprain and could miss some time. Sources tell he, him and Ian Rappaport that MMR and an MRI is scheduled for tomorrow. I uh, suffered that in the loss today. 37-26 was the final score of Ravens beating the Patriots. Back to the phone lines we go, talking about the Jets falling to the Bengals. This afternoon, they are now 1-2 and two on the season ahead of what we hope would be Zach Wilson's debut this coming Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see if it happens. But until then, we'll talk to Buddha in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Going on, TB the franchise, my man JP, man. What's up, guys? I love Y'all that. Brothers. I love them, man. Yo, so love you man. Yo, the love is mutual. I love that we start off with the pleasantries because it's about to be, you know, it's about to be a boxing fight right here. Fury Wilder, we about to go at it. We've been teasing this on Twitter for a couple days now, so <laughs> let's go at it. And by the way, I'm Tyson Fury. Oh, yeah. I'm Tyson Fury in this one, so let's go. Let me see what you got. All right, listen. Um, first of all. The Jets' problem with the quarterback is really, it's not even Joe Flacco's fault. I mean, they won't play Mike White at all, and you know why they won't play him. I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah, we've argued um, about that already. But, yeah, you know what it is. I mean, they don't want him on the, listen, Mike White goes out there and plays well. It, 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 it exposes, you know, them. I mean, listen, bro, I, I just said this to you a thousand times. I said to everybody, pre-draft, whatever. Like, this Zach Wilson pick is going to go down as one of the worst quarterback picks in oh, no. years. Oh, he's no. going to get back on the field. Listen, he's going to get back on the field, and he's going to get hurt again. He doesn't have the frame to play the game that he wants to play or that he's used to playing. But I'm not even going to blame him, and I'm not getting pissed off about none of this stuff anymore. I promised my wife after that 2 or 14. Listen, I done got into scuffles at family reunions and <laughs> watering holes, all of that. I've been through it with these Jets. And you know what? Sometimes as a fan or as a human being, you just got to know when to fall back. I know that this regime is not going to take us where we need to go. And let me explain to you why. And I'm not trying to just be negative or down them. I'm just looking at things, you know, taking the rose-colored glasses off and just being 100% honest. You got an offensive coordinator who said last uh, two weeks ago he could have punched himself for throwing the ball 50-something times. So instead of punching himself, he does it again. <laughs> you got a defensive coordinator who, let's be honest, let's be honest, he's the worst coach on the team. Albert is the worst coach on yeah, the he team. Was get, he I was getting him. blacked on today by uh, old boy Quentin Williams. was in his face. Wouldn't you? Oh, because he didn't, he didn't you like were, that. He said seven to the quarterback. Well, I guess, I guess, and we'll we'll hear from some from some of the Jets and and, and Coach Sala coming up here. But I, I, what I saw was that they took exception to the play call, sending seven to the quarterback. You know what? I agree with the players, and I understand their passion to a certain extent. But I mean, these guys are not good that good either. You know, whether you call the plays right or call them wrong, the talent is what it is. Uh, you know, now you've got two coaches we just spoke about who are not proficient at their job. One worse than the other, but neither one proficient. Now you got a head coach here who I don't know what he thinks that his job is. Your job is to supervise those dudes. <laughs> I don't need you clapping and, 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 and fist bumping players. Your job is during the week, up to the game, and sometimes in the game to supervise those guys. 
he still has not a, got a grasp of that. But, you know, that's really only half of the problem. So what's the I other half of the problem? I said it when it happened. You give a general manager six-year deal to start with. Wow, what a sense of urgency that sets. So, you know, I just screw up my first couple of drafts, my first free agencies. But let's look at what happened really here. When he got here, quarterback position was in flux. Four years later, quarterback position is in flux. When he got here, offensive line was horrible. Four years later, offensive line is horrible. I'll give him that he's got he's improved the skill position player. He has. But none of, none of that means anything. If Until the person you the... that you got to throw them to throw the football to them, okay. number one can't stay on the field. Then number two, when he's on the field, he's putrid. So you know, this is all a big bag of of futility. So I'm with you and up until you I'm with you up until the point where we have already decided that through I don't know 13 games, we have an answer on Zach Wilson, who who was a rookie out of BYU, didn't play elite competition. So there was always going to be a little bit of an adjustment period that was needed. Now, last year, his first six games, he looked awful. Came back his last seven games, looked pretty good. little interruption with the injury didn't help him that the backup and the, the, the tertiary quarterback behind him on the depth chart looked better than him when he was hurt, but he came back and he handled business. All I'm asking, and, and, and this is what I want, I, I want to have an answer on the quarterback at the end of the season. We're going to get that answer. If he doesn't get hurt again, now you're predicting he's going to get hurt, and that's a different story. But I, if, I, if I see him for 14 games to end the season, I think I can get a legitimate answer on whether or not he's the quarterback, and then you can put that, I guess, the final nail in the coffin of Joe Douglas' uh, tenure. Listen, his development, though, see, part of, part of his development uh, uh, assessment on him has to be him playing. So when he constantly misses time, you know what happened? That sets the clock back again. So now you have to give him more time to assess him. And look, there's 14 games left. I want you to look at the Jets' schedule. Now, there were games that before, when the season started, you thought were winnable games for the Jets. I think you're going to have to say with the Dolphins, (laughs) you're not getting a split. Yeah, that's tough. You're not getting a split with the Dolphins. Now it's tough looking at the Dolphins. Now with the Patriots, you might get one game out of there. You can. You might get the Bears game. Yeah. You might get the Bears game. You can't tell me you get that Lions game. We thought that was going to be a, a short thing. You can't tell me you get that Jaguars game. And like the Seahawks, I think you can probably get that game. But who knows? I mean, the Broncos so, look now, pretty bro, beatable now. The the Broncos look pretty beatable now. With the, but but listen, they look beatable against good teams. This is a bad team. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. Their first game of the season was in Seattle, a team that you just said the Jets could beat. So that's not a good team. They lost to the Seahawks. I remember Monday Night Football was Russ's return to Seattle. They lost. They got carved up by Geno Smith. So yeah, I, I, they're one and one right I'm now. About the game tonight. I'm talking about the game tonight. Okay, but they're they, playing a good team tonight. Okay, but their first game they lost to was a bad team. That's that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because their coach. Listen, what I'll say is they're even more poorly coached than the Jets, and that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> but bro, 
Even, let's say, all right, let's say they beat the Broncos. I'll give you that one. I don't think they're going to do it. That gives the Jets four to five wins. <laughs> so, again, I ask you, now, you know how it is in this town. Salah might survive this season, but he won't survive the middle of the next season yeah. where they're, again, two and, and six or whatever at that certain point. But now, if you have this record, and see, this is the Jets' dilemma. You have the record, right? They come with five wins this year, four wins. Let's say five wins to be generous. But you still, Wilson, let's say he plays all the games. But he's still, you know, he's looking okay in one game. What's going to happen is he's going to look bad, atrocious. This is what happens with bad teams, bad players. They look sort of good one week. Then for a couple more weeks, they look horrible. Now, you got a GM. Who, let's be honest, there's really no reason for Mike White or Denzel Mims to be on the team, except that the GM doesn't want to admit that he made mistakes, for whichever way you want to look at it. So they're going to start Wilson again next year. Now you're going to have that high pick. What are you going to do with that pick? The whole thing is disastrous. <laughs> what they really need to do, what they really need to do, and this is their problem, and I'll hang up, I'll let the other guys talk on it. What they really need to what would show me some gumption and show me that they're moving in a direction that they've assessed with the mistake that they've made, and they're going to do something different. Is look at and these guys over there are making them look bad. Shane and Dable, they're making them look really bad. If they were to sign Jimmy G next year, bring Nick Foles in, you keep Zach Wilson, and whoever is the best player starts. Whoever is the second best player is the backup. And whoever is the third best player is the third best player. Until you have true competition, until you have uh, you stop grandfathering people into positions and things like that, you're never going to get the stench away from this team. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I don't know. was not made like that. I don't know if you can do that. I appreciate the call, Buddha. You know how much I love chopping it up with you. I don't know that you can do that because, uh, for better or for worse, the, the GM is tied to this quarterback. I think that Joe Douglas is drawing dead as a general manager for this organization of Zach Wilson is not the future franchise quarterback. We'll take a break, come back, get more to your phone calls on the Jets. We'll transition to baseball as well. We've got a whole lot to do going until midnight tonight. Ty Butler right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's Ty Butler. 98.7 ESPN going until midnight. Appreciate Larry Hardesty for carrying the torch following the Jet game. Great program he had today. Heard, heard Pat Leonard on with him. The Giants play a big game against the Cowboys tomorrow night. Uh, the Eagles are clearly the best team right now in the NFC East. Might be the best team in the NFC, period, as Jalen Hurts. Another big day for him. They destroyed Washington. And, and Hurts, I guess, through 12 quarters, don't want to overreact too much, but this is what we do in Sports Talk Radio, might be the MVP of the league. Jalen Hurts has just been incredible. And today he threw for three more touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Carson Wentz, I mean, what a train wreck he's been <laughs> since 2017. He, he keeps getting opportunities, and it's just not coming together for him. And once, once his body gave out, uh, it, it, it's such a sad story uh, of of an athlete because he was as good as it gets in 2017. On his way to winning the MVP, he gets hurt. The Eagles go on to win the Super Bowl, but since then he's just been an abomination. 
Uh, Eagles improved to three and zero. So for the, for the Giants to at least you know stay tied for first place, they have to win that game against the Cowboys tomorrow. They're starting their backup again, Cooper Rush, on the road here at MetLife Stadium. I'm looking forward to it. I'm expecting a, a low scoring game because both defenses have been have been playing very well. The Cowboys defense has been really good. So have the Giants. Uh, you could argue the Giants are two and zero because of that defense. So I'm expecting a, a, a defensive showdown tomorrow uh, between the Giants and the Cowboys. And it should be a fun one because this uh, NFC East, uh, the Eagles are clearly ahead of every uh, of everyone. But once Dak comes back, maybe the Cowboys are still in it. And then the Giants, who knows how, how much they could keep it rolling uh, with Brian Dable and what he's been able to do with the offense and how well the defense has been playing under Wink Martindale. So I'm um, looking forward to that game tomorrow. They did, um, I saw someone tweet out, a picture. I believe it was Marley Rivera put out a picture of Yankee Stadium. They're showing Sunday Night Football uh, on on the big board in, in center field, which is uh, pretty cool to try to keep the people on hand entertained as the Niners are leading the Broncos 7-3. Nathaniel Hackett might be the worst coach in the NFL. If you're a Jets fan down on Robert Sala, just thank the heavens Nathaniel Hackett's not your head coach. I mean, he's been a disaster so far, Yankees and Red Sox still in the rain delay. Uh, looks like we've got uh, a heavy storm watch, a flood warning until 11.30 p.m. If Judge wasn't going for the home run record tonight, there's no way this game is still going on. There is absolutely no way. No chance this game is still happening. The, the Yankees traveling to Toronto, the Red Sox traveling back to Boston uh, to take on the Orioles, there is no way we would still have a, a chance of this baseball game being played tonight if it were not for Judge going for a 61 and him leading off the bottom of the seventh inning. The Yankees up to nothing. It's an official game already. You can call it. The Red Sox have nothing to play for. Yankees get the victory. Their magic number would decrease to two. And then they've got a chance to clinch the AL East division in Toronto tomorrow night, which is so funny, right? Before the season, you know, everyone picking the Blue Jays, the big, bad Blue Jays. They're going to win it all. They're going to run away with it. And now the Yankees, when they win one of the next three games in Toronto, are going to celebrate on their field because they just won the American League East and the Blue Jays are you know, trying to get into the playoffs as a wild card. So pretty funny how all those things work out. But I'll keep you posted on uh, the happenings in the Bronx uh, reading this from uh, Pete Abraham, who covers the Red Sox, he says, Now we have thunder and lightning, standing water on the warning track, and a large puddle in right field. It is an official game. Good bet at that. If Judge were not on deck and the game was not on ESPN, they would have already called it, which is something I just said. This this has everything to do with history being on the line. It is a nationally televised game that ESPN is broadcasting, and they want to take advantage of uh, possibly capturing this historic moment in the Bronx. They've got the Yankees and Red Sox on hand. And Roger Maris's family is uh, in attendance for uh, Judge potentially making history. I wonder if they're going to extend this and actually travel to Toronto if he doesn't get it done tonight. You know, he, he's made them wait all week. Judge hasn't homered in four games. They thought once he hit that home run, what was it, Wednesday night or Tuesday night? That, you know, we could have this thing wrapped up pretty quickly. More of the Yankees and Mets coming up next. Two more hours to play with. Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN.